Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome, Auburn, into this Tuesday edition of Sports Call Live on Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I'm joined by Tom Peavy here this afternoon. Shortened edition of the show, getting off air around 4.45 today. Borgard High School softball follows up, uh, follows us today with Timson and Brooks Childress on the call of that. And so last couple of high school events scheduled uh, for the year. So excited about that. So we'll be getting off air at 445. Cole Pinkston of On3 will join us at 330. A lot of recruiting news and transfer portal news to tell you about for Auburn football. Of course, we'll continue to monitor the transfer portal and both sports as well as uh, some potential Auburn coaching news. Not official news by any means, but the rumor mill churning today with uh, who Auburn's next assistant coach is going to be. So more Auburn news. And as always, your phone calls on the Auburn Bank phone line as well as some birthdays and sports and nightly TV guide. Ryan Lavoy, Tom Peavy with you here today. Tom, how are you doing? I, I'm doing well. And uh, yeah, ready to talk some more about uh, some stuff that I guess we left off yesterday we didn't get a chance to touch on with some of the uh, basketball transfer portal things and still a lot of moving parts there. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, maybe some news on a, on an assistant coming pretty soon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just different things going on. And, uh, man, Atlanta Braves on a roll right now, seven in a row. Uh, and a, a win over the dreaded Padres who came into Fulton. Or, oh, my goodness gracious. Whoa. I almost said Fulton County <laughs> Stadium. That's two stadiums ago. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. I had just transported myself back to 1983 all of a sudden. <laughs> it's not even true. Oh, it's, it's Truist Park still? Yeah, it's okay, Truist. Truist. Yeah. They keep changing names so much. But, uh, uh yeah, I mean, Padres came in the in the truest, uh, you know, the in the series opener, and, that, and I guess yeah, the Braves did win the first one, but then got brains beat out in the next ones. But they get a win uh, yesterday in San Diego to start off that series. So seven in a row for the Braves. They're they're playing hot. Wish uh, wish some certain baseball teams in this certain Auburn area could get on a hot streak like that well that kind of narrowed it down so i think i know who you're referring to and i think they're going to play the sanford bulldogs tonight there you go at plainsman park but uh yeah the braves have been really good do want to talk about them if we have time again shortened show today being off air at 445 cole pinkston will come up in a little bit so let's get right to it uh do want to start with some auburn basketball stuff yesterday we were not really able to get into a couple of the portal targets and uh, we do have someone that is rumored via justin hokinson and on three uh, of someone that is a clear leading candidate to be uh, on Auburn staff next year. Uh, it is a man by the name of Corey Williams, assistant at Texas Tech right now, does have head coaching experience in the past for about six seasons at Stetson. Of course, things did not go well and there. He ended up on the Arkansas bench after that. And then uh, now at Texas Tech, he 
uh, played in the late 80s, early 90s for Oklahoma State, played a couple years for the Bulls in the NBA before starting a coaching career, uh, or I guess playing in a couple uh, G League teams too. But uh, he looks to be the lead candidate uh, to, to, to be on Bruce Pearl's staff now. And then also we are always monitoring the, the transfer portal uh, news for Auburn. We know that uh, we did not get to mention him really yesterday, but Matthew Cleveland's a guy that Auburn is trying to get in, one of the four or five finalists it looks like for him. Uh, they're still trying to recruit big-time high school players for 2024. So a lot going on right now with Auburn basketball. Yeah, yeah, there is. And, um, yeah, yeah uh, the, the name that came out uh, for that potential assistant was – not one that I had heard. Um, I I had heard two different names, and neither of them were that guy. Um, I heard way back when that Kermit Davis, the former Ole Miss coach, was potentially going to be a hire. And this was before Coach Flanagan had actually left. And uh, what I was told was Flanagan was going to leave and take another job and that they would hire Kermit Davis. And then all of a sudden Flanagan's out. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's the first piece of that puzzle that just fell into place. But now I'm not hearing Kermit. But then uh, the other day, the other day I heard Adam Harrington, who Auburn fans will remember, is playing here at Auburn and then had an NBA career and has had an NBA coaching career. Um, and so I was like, okay, well that'll be pretty good. But I had not heard this guy from Texas Tech. That's that's the first I've heard his name pop up. So um, yeah, I mean, I like I've been saying I I'm going to trust Bruce Pearl. I. I I mean, I'm I'm assuming he knows he knows what he's talking about if he if he wants to hire that guy so I got to put the trust in him that he's going to be hiring the right guy for the right for the job. Yeah, Corey Williams again, a current assistant at Texas Tech. Again, this is not a final uh, announcement or anything like that. Just the rumor that is the lead candidate uh, that the search could be winding to an end. But Corey Williams uh, is expected to be offered the job at some point and become an assistant for Auburn, but again, not finalized at all. So we will see, again, announcements according to Hokinson, Justin Hokinson and on three could come later this week. And again, uh, with with Portal News, again, Matthew Cleveland out Florida State, a hot name for Auburn. We talked a little bit about Devin Cambridge yesterday and, and his visit with Auburn and potential return to the Plains, uh, that that is moving in a positive direction. And then, again, a couple Auburn targets in recent days have gone elsewhere. The big guy, Middlebrooks, I think committed to Clemson today. Or, or maybe he was transferring from Clemson. I'll have to double-check that. But then Quincy Olivari, uh, the the Rice transfer point guard that uh, was a pretty high score, kind of similar uh, to Denver Jones in some ways, uh, just in that a high-volume score out of Conference USA at the guard position. Uh, he transferred to Xavier yesterday, about right. a 19-point score out of out of Rice. You know, Maybe that had something to do with Auburn losing a little <laughs> more interest after getting Denver Jones. Maybe Olivari lost some interest after Auburn got Denver Jones. I, I, I assume Denver Jones right. had something to do with that. But So a couple guys that Auburn was looking at uh, do commit elsewhere here in the last 24 to 48 hours, but still plenty of targets on yeah. the board. Yeah, uh, targets on the board and and you mentioned him, but one of the main is uh, is Matthew Cleveland, who uh, was Florida State's leading scorer last year, uh, and he's in the portal, and he's a really really good player, and and Auburn's targeting him. Um, you know, I I haven't really seen one way or the other where he's going. I, I think I've seen some folks that feel like you know they feel very comfortable that he's going to be coming to Auburn, but. You just don't know. And, I mean, then there's still, you know, so many other guys out there. We're getting a visit from the kid from uh, Alabama Huntsville. Yes. Um, and 
that's not a splashy transfer, you know, when you when you compare it to Florida State's leading scorer, you know, and a guy that played at Alabama Huntsville, you know, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. But I mean, when you sit here and uh, look at the uh, roster next year, I mean, how many holes that you're going to have to fill, uh, which was kind of expected. But so um, uh, Zepp Jasper's gone, Wendell Green's gone, Chance Westry's gone, Johan Troar's gone, Bobby Tunday Akbola's gone. Uh, did I miss anybody? You're, you're bringing Aiden Holloway at point guard, and I think most people feel like he's going to be de- like day one starter uh, just because of his talent and coming in as a true freshman. Uh, you get Denver Jones coming in as a transfer. Um, you've still got the other guys that will be back. Um, of course, Jani Broom in the middle. Um, you've still got KD. Nobody's heard what he's doing. Uh, Flanagan, you have not heard what he's doing. Uh, Jalen Williams. Yep. Uh, so I mean, you've still you've still got guys back, um, but there's definitely some holes that are going to have to be filled. You know, they they hit a home run, at least on paper, they hit a home run with getting Denver Jones, one of the nation's leading um, scorers. They really want to hit another home run, and you know, I think Matthew Cleveland is that guy that they're really focused on. But I, I mean, there's quite a few other guys out there in the portal that. Auburn is definitely looking at. Yeah, and uh, we will obviously keep everyone updated there. It's kind of difficult because you don't want to overreach. I mean, I know Auburn internally probably has a better idea of what we know publicly as far as if those decisions will will be to remain at Auburn for the likes of of Jalen Williams and and Alan Flanagan and and, and all that. Because, again, I, I keep operating under this assumption that all those guys will have to make their intentions clear but you know, it's not like you. There's not like some letter of law where you have to announce that you're coming back. You know, I mean, it can be a very quiet. Yeah, I'm not leaving. You know, it does right. not have to be some public display. So even though I've kind of treated it personally, like man, in this day and age, I got to hear out of, out of the horse's mouth what exactly his, his decision is. That's not. I mean, that's not anything that's a rule. I mean, that's just just something I, I feel that I, I don't want to count any chickens before they hatch. Sure. But it's very possible that those guys have, have decided internally that they're coming back. We just don't know for a fact as time goes on. I mean, time will tell, and there will eventually, I, I'm not familiar with the deadline for basketball. I knew what it was for football. Uh, at some point, there'll be some sort of deadlines that will mandate decisions have to be made. I'm, again, not entirely sure when those are but it's possible that auburn does not have any of those more of those guys leave they might they might have two more leave they might not so you do you can't i guess in that sense over recruit uh but they do still have if they've only brought in let let's do some addition and subtraction math great it's fun uh not for me (laughs) this is we're working with single digit numbers we'll be all right right. that's giving me trouble too (laughs) so if you lose wendell green jr and zepp jasper out of your starting backcourt okay so that's that's two gone right uh did akinbola have a scholarship i don't think he did did, or did he? Yeah, no, I, he did. Okay, yeah, he, so that's yeah. three scholarships. He just never played, right? Well, yeah. So that's a scholarship, and then you've got Westry four, and you've got Treyor five. So that should be five scholarships that are gone, right? Sure. As of right now, right? Yeah, and, because the the guy that went to uh, we mentioned him yesterday, number twenty five, Chandler Leopard. Yeah, Leopard, he didn't have a He was a walk on, no scholarship so there. That's five transfers, right? Or or five departures with scholarships, and you brought in. Aiden Hallway and Denver Jones. Am I missing anyone there? So that's that should be two arrivals. Yeah, because Aiden right now Aiden Holloway is the only recruit recruit for this class. Now they they've got big things going in twenty twenty four, but 
So you this class A Holloway is the only one. You should have three scholarships remaining. Right. And then let's just say you can get Cleveland, maybe Cambridge too. Then you would be down to one. Yeah. Uh, but again, you might have one or two more open. But rough math says they've got three scholarships open, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, yeah, I agree. Unless I'm missing something there too. That's just three. Um, and and I, I, I don't know this because I'm not in those basketball meetings with those guys. I still. Somehow, deep down, I just really think that they're going to try to go for what we keep calling a big big. I mean, Janai Broom has done a great job, but I mean, he he can he can be your guy there. But I think they want somebody even with more presence on the inside, especially a defense, more of a defensive presence. <clears throat> you know, kind of a la Walker Kessler. But um, but again, I'm not in there, and I don't know. I mean, I they're probably they're definitely shoring up the guard position because that has been. Over the last two seasons, the really thorn in Auburn basketball side has been guard. And so they're really trying to shore up that position right there. Um, you know, the other spots, you know, you feel a little more comfortable with, but, I, you know, you're looking for depth and you're looking for, you know, maybe that one guy that can be that playmaker at another position outside of guard. But we'll see. Um they're they're working. They're they're working hard. I mean, they're they're constantly on the recruiting trail for 2024, but they're also constantly recruiting these transfers right now because that's where they're going to have to go. Like we said, Aiden Holloway being the only recruit uh, coming in as a true freshman, they're going to have to hit that transfer portal to kind of revitalize and retool that that lineup. Yeah, that portal guy I was referring to, Ben Middlebrooks, was a 6'10", 255 uh, big man from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Was at Clemson. He committed to NC State earlier. However, that was in no way going to be a starter. Uh, Middlebrooks was a reserve for Clemson, only averaged uh, three points, three rebounds a game. So that was going to be like a backup big. Right. You know, not again, I'm not trying to just say, oh, Auburn didn't care. Not a game-changing big. Right, but he did visit Auburn recently, and he would not have started for right. Auburn and he uh, he goes to NC State. Let's go to the Auburn Bank phone line before we take our first time out. 334-887-3401 locally or toll free one eight nine tiger 9 First up on the show today, James from Montgomery. James joins us. James, how are you doing? I'm good in War Eagle. War Eagle. Yeah, did y'all hear on Monday about uh, Commissioner Greg thinking and uh, what he was saying about like uh, you know uh, black head coaches in the SEC, and um, is that like a true statement that he was talking about on Monday? I have no idea what he he said, so I I don't know if he said anything at all. I don't know. I have never I've not heard of that. Okay, because um, well, they were uh, Greg Sankey. Uh, he was talking uh, about uh, a lot of head coaches that you know that weren't in in college. Uh, football that were going to be uh head coaches for like some of the schools that he's uh mentioning like alabama uh georgia florida tennessee texas a&m mississippi state old miss just to name a few schools at that and um, i think it would be a really good thing to actually see a lot of you know a lot of black college head coaches uh, coaching in the SEC because I've seen it um, in other uh, college uh, universities as well, like with uh, Deion Sanders moving from uh, Colorado, uh, uh, yeah, for the University of Colorado to go to a different, uh, from uh, Jacksonville State to Colorado. That's, uh, I mean, he he's a really, I mean, I think for me, I, I, 
as a SEC fan of Auburn, I think that um, I, I'll probably see um, Deion Sanders may come to Auburn in, in the near future because I, I, I should have, you know, said it when when it was his time to actually come to the SEC when you know we were looking for a head coach then. But I think with Hugh Freeze, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably see what Hugh Freeze is actually going to do this year and uh, seeing what the program is actually going to look like in 2023. And then if the program uh, looks a little a little bit different than it was when. And we had um, our former head uh, coach at Auburn, uh, 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 the the head coach from uh, from uh, Boise, Brian Harson. Uh, Brian Harson. Yes, Brian Harson. And when we were under the Harson uh, era, I, the schedules after the game was like all the games that I've looked at from 2022, they weren't looking like, you know, Auburn wasn't looking like a, an Auburn team that I wanted to see. But I think this year with Hugh Freeze, I'm looking at maybe 12-2 uh, and two this year. So we'll win 12 games and we'll lose two of those games on the road. But I don't know what, I don't know which two games that we're going to lose on the road as well. And then an additional uh, additional chance to make it to the SEC uh, playoffs to actually play against Georgia or Florida if that time comes. Yeah, I think that would be dreaming big for year one for Hugh Freeze. Obviously, want to uh, compete and win as many games as you can, but I, I do not expect that to happen overnight in year one. There's a lot of rebuilding to do, but I think Auburn mm-hmm. has every intention to, of giving Hugh Freeze a few years to figure things out and try and re re-energize and and uh, bring this program back up after a couple rough years with Brian Harson. Yes, because I see um, Brian Harson. I think he's a really good head coach. And then um, last uh, week when I was at the A Day game, I saw some uh, some new guys that were going to come in and uh, try to like re like you know fill some spots that that were you know open from uh you know from the last from last year we had uh it, it was a really good eight day game I can give it that for um TJ Finley I've seen a lot I see a lot of great things coming out this year from TJ Finley and I'm hoping that he would look like the quarterback that we need this year as well and uh, seeing you know seeing some some great uh, similarities in the NFL with T.J. Finley. Um, I can actually uh, compare T.J. Finley to like one of the former, like one of the future Hall of Famers in the NFL. I'll probably say like T.J. Finley reminds me of like um, I'll probably say like uh, Dan Marino. He, he looks like a Dan Marino uh, quarterback as well. Uh, T.J. Finley reminds me of an FCS quarterback. I, I don't think that he is going to uh, stay at Auburn another year. And uh, he, if he did, uh, I highly doubt that he would start. Uh, he has been given opportunities here. He actually went on a Locked On SEC podcast with our friend Chris Gordy today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, I do not think Auburn people really want him to stick around. And I, I do, if he did, I, I think it would be Robbie Ashford that would win the starting job. Uh, I do not. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I do not see what no, you're no, seeing there. Okay. So well, because because um, I I do agree with a lot of Auburn fans, and um, I, I saw some mistakes coming out of T.J. Finley. So I I think we should look in the near 
future with Robbie Ashford because when uh, Robbie Ashford was in the first string on uh, the A-Day game, I, I saw great things coming out of him, and he's really had he he really shows hard work and grit for the Auburn football program. So I think this year, um, between now and uh, September second, when we play our our first game at home. Um, I, I think uh, Ro- uh, Robbie Ashford is going to be our starter this year, and I'm hoping and seeing great things coming out of Robbie Ashford this year. Yeah, I think Robbie Ashford will have the inside track on the job. We'll have to see if Auburn brings in anyone in the transfer portal, but of the guys that Auburn has right now, I think uh, Auburn would definitely lean towards Ashford and obviously would need him to improve the the passing part of his game, but he is an elite dynamic runner, and that's at least something to build off of. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see over the next few weeks if Auburn does land someone in the portal. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I, I do expect Ashford to be the guy. Yes, as well, because um, I was talking after the A-Day game was over, I was talking with a lot of other Auburn fans about next year's A-Day game and seeing uh, what teams or what universities should Auburn play, like a actual game. And uh, some people, other Auburn fans, they wanting to see Auburn and Troy or Auburn and Alabama State. And I was like, okay, those are two great schools, but I'm leaning towards more of like Auburn and Alabama State because I I think we did play Alabama State at one point in time. So I think Auburn and Alabama State would be a really good fit for the 2024 A-Day game next year as well. We will see if, if colleges start to do that. I think there is momentum for bigger schools to play some smaller schools in a spring scrimmage uh you hear some coaches really in favor of that we'll have to see if it catches on nationwide but i I think it's something the ncaa will will start to look at here as opposed to just constantly playing each other do you have any uh, i'm sorry james that we only have another minute or two with you here but do you have any other final thoughts before we got to take our next commercial break um, no, I don't have any uh, final thoughts that I know of, but I know it's a shortened show today, so I'll just probably uh, talk about the Auburn uh, baseball team um, tomorrow, and I'll pick up on uh, more NFL draft news and um, put in the Auburn uh, transfer portal news as well. Sounds good. And, yep, Auburn got Sanford tonight at home, so hopefully the Tigers can get a W. All right, sounds good, and War Eagle. War Eagle, that is James from Montgomery joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Appreciate James for calling into the show today. We do have to take our first time out of the show, however, though, as Cole Pinkston of Auburn Live on 3 Sports will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. He will talk all things transfer portal about Auburn football as well as some big visits in store for the Tigers from the high school ranks and all the big fish Auburn's trying to fry here on the recruiting trail. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, 
Roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Follow Sports Call on Twitter at Sports Call AU. Like us on Facebook at Sports Call AU. Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I'm joined by Tom Peavy today, and we are pleased to go to our Auburn Bank phone line. We're now joined by On Three's Cole Pinkston as we talk all things recruiting with Auburn football. Cole, the time is greatly appreciated. I hope you're doing very well today. I'm doing great, Ryan. I appreciate you having me, man. Yes, sir. And uh, look, we've got a lot to talk about as the portal is open for business. We've got departures. We've got people that will eventually arrive to the planes. I first want to go back, though, to about a week and a half ago to the spring game. And uh, that's obviously such a big weekend for the fans, but also for recruits. And Auburn brought a lot of them on campus. And I I got this question a couple of times. I'm going to ask it for uh, ask it to you. A lot of our callers were worried about would a really wet game, a game that didn't go according to plan, would it affect the time that people had on these visits? So take us through what a visit would be like on on the spring game and if the game actually had any bearing on how good of a time some of these recruits had. So I think I think it's a little bit of both. Number one, um, I don't think it, it affected the time that anybody had there. I think that it went well with with coaches and and actually probably provided them a little bit more uh, one-on-one time that they maybe wouldn't have if they were out there warming up more, you know, being indoors. But at the same time, you got a new coaching staff here, and you're trying to you're trying to show, hey, look, what we're selling you on this product, it, it, we're we're about to show you. So you didn't really get to do that. I mean, you only threw the ball twelve times, and that was pushing it just because you know it, it was not good conditions at all for for football, to be honest. So. That hurts a little bit, but as far as the time everybody had there, I think that was maybe even improved than it than it could have been. And there were plenty of guys, plenty of important guys that showed up that day. And Cole, I, I'm thinking about just the sheer numbers that people had. Take us through uh, how many guys that Auburn did have on campus and just kind of the quality of guy uh, that Auburn had. Because, again, that's a big story, and I, I'm not trying to bring up the former coach too much, but <laughs> it has been nice to get back to the sheer quality of guys that, that Auburn's been able to get on their campus. So walk us through here over the last week or two the quality of guy that Auburn has gotten. Yeah, well, uh, the A-Day numbers we expected, uh, I think it was somewhere around nine five-stars or at least guys that are ranked five-stars by a, at least one recruiting service, uh, and then close to 24-stars, and I think it ended up being seven five-stars and just under 20. And of course, you had some cancellations just because of the weather and travel and all that, but uh, still, the turnout was incredible, um, especially with the weather being like it is. Guys coming from all over – I talked to guys there from uh, Pennsylvania that threw in, that flew in. A guy from Ohio, a guy from uh, you know Tennessee, just all over the place. So, and these are guys that are important guys. They're four star guys, five star guys. Like I said, they're, they're just top targets. And that, and somebody asked me, you know, what's what's something that you saw? What's the main thing you saw? And I, I said, familiar faces. Uh, the the same guys that were important 
early on are still the guys showing up and, and some are committed elsewhere, but they're still, you know, making it over to Auburn and making it a big deal to do so. So that's, that's the thing that stands out to me. Yep. I, one area that uh, Auburn fans obviously keep looking at is that quarterback position, and and I think you, you, us, and just about everybody out there feels that Auburn's going to try to get a quarterback out of the portal. Uh, a lot of these guys in the SEC with quarterback battles have missed their opportunity. Guys at maybe Georgia, guys maybe at Ole Miss have missed that window. But there's other guys out there at the quarterback position Auburn may be looking at seriously to try to come in this year. Who are some names that you might be hearing for that position that you might see visit here or that Auburn's trying to target right now? Well, one guy that we know of in the portal so far is, is from Oregon State. His name's Chance Nolan, and he's a guy that started several games over there and. Um, Kind of was back and forth as the starter for for Oregon State and had some success, had some ups and downs. Uh, but this is the guy that you know they sort of contacted and, and, and want to gauge the interest of. So I, he's an interesting one. And then really, I think there's, it's just kind of a wait and see now. And you know, I'll just be completely honest. If, if you're just getting to a guy, uh, if you're just getting to a guy in the portal right when he hits, you're too late. And that's just the way it's going now in college football. So that that's where we're at right now. Yeah, things are definitely different with uh, portal recruiting. We certainly understand that. Let's talk about a guy that Auburn has gotten a commitment from in recent days in the form of Martavis Collins, a former Alabama commit. What can you tell us about uh, the process that led him to the Plains and how excited Auburn is to land him? Well, Martavis Collins was once committed to Alabama. Uh, he was showing up to Auburn. He had been to Auburn twice as an Alabama commit, a guy that you know we knew had a good relationship with the former staff. And now, you know, Ben Agamawa, who is the Auburn's tight end coach that that uh, Hugh Freeze brought over, and he actually played for Hugh Freeze when he was at Lambeth University, which is interesting. But Coach Ben, they call him. He he is really. He really brought that one home. That was that was the one uh, that was the coach that really got him and and helped sort of helped the process along for him to decommit from Alabama. I think Alabama was going to look another direction as well. So there's two parts to it, but uh, Auburn would never wavered on him and they wanted him from the beginning and didn't change that when he decommitted. So uh, I think just the the persistence really paid off with Collins on that. Well, and and so that's a former Alabama commit that Auburn lands, and Auburn's also uh, got some uh, official visits coming up, and one is another Alabama commit in Perry Thompson. Uh, just kind of in your words, how big is it that that Auburn and Hugh Freeze, these guys, are going over there and, and plucking these dudes away from Nick Saban right now? Yeah, well, it's it's a long. You got to play the long game with these guys because they have been committed to Alabama, and that's that's just. You know, if, if you're going to be a coach at Auburn, you better be ready for that kind of thing because that's how it's going to be. And the top guys in the state have been going to Alabama and getting away from Auburn. And, uh, you know, history says it can it can be that way, but history also says that Auburn can can win some of those battles too. And and that's what Hugh Freeze's main goal is, if you ask me, in recruiting. I, I think he when he sees a guy is committed to an Alabama or a Georgia, he, he goes yeah, – I mean, it just turns, you know – it gets his motor going on that, and that's that's what he's all about. So competitive, doesn't like it when guys are committed elsewhere that he really wants, and he's going to make it uh, very difficult on those opposing coaches. And right now, Nick Saban is feeling, you know, 
maybe some confidence because he's done it before, but at the same time, he, you know, he's going, gosh, these guys keep on visiting Auburn. And that's the truth. It keeps happening. And, you know, we just confirmed that Perry Thompson, who's a four-star Alabama commit, is going to be, uh, you know, taking an official visit to Auburn. So it keeps happening. And the more you get them on campus, the better chance you have, in my opinion. And it amazes me, Cole, too. We've talked about this with recruiting before, and the dynamics in basketball and football are a little bit different. But most of the time it feels like these guys, that even when they say they are committed somewhere, A, the recruiting never stops. The the big boys will keep recruiting them. And B, a lot of times they do flip. Just how often do you feel like it? And maybe how do you determine who are the guys that are maybe not as rock solid and their commitment, and are those guys that even though they're committed to a big school or a big brand, how do you determine those are the right guys to still keep recruiting anyway? I'll, I'll tell you what, as far as myself and Jeffrey Lee, who my co-worker at Auburn Live, are concerned, commitment means nothing um, to us. It, when we're reporting and we're trying to figure out where guys might be landing or if Auburn has a chance to flip somebody, it, it means nothing to us because until they sign, uh, you know, it's not over. Because I, I, what we think of commitment as, and of course the game is changing, you know, every day. We see something different with the game of college football and not NIL and transfer portal. But a commitment means, hey, I, I'm grabbing my spot, right? I, I'm going to get my spot somewhere because they could fill up and I'd be left out. Well, that's the case at Alabama because they have, you know, such good recruiting classes. You better grab your spot while it's available. Well, Hugh Freeze is, is aware of that, and he knows that the door is open until that ink is dry on signing day. The door is absolutely open, and he's not going to give up on any of those guys. Let's look at another guy, Cole, uh, that is getting some attention here as of late, a five-star wide receiver out of Phoenix City, Cameron Coleman. And I don't know what it, what it is about the Red Devils that just churn out these top wide receiver recruits, but I know Marcus Davis was over there the other day. And uh, what are the chances Auburn's going to be able to, to be really involved here in the process with Coleman? And I know a couple of these guys in past years have gone to Clemson. What are the chances that Auburn can keep them right here in Lee County? Yeah, well, Auburn is very involved with uh, Cam Coleman. In fact, you know, we've gone as far to almost say that they could have led at one time and maybe lead now. That's not the issue, though. The issue is more so can you hold on to that lead? Because he's got Clemson, he's got Georgia, Alabama can sneak in there anytime they want. You know, every school is really starting to, to figure out, hey, that guy's the real deal. And, of course, over at On3, we just officially made him a five-star yesterday. He is our number six player in the entire class. So, yeah, uh, Auburn's in the thick of it with Cam Coleman, and, and they're going to have a really great shot in the end, but they have got to hold on. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find out in that recruitment how good of a closer Hugh Freeze can be because not only is he one of the best players in the country, he's at a position of great need moving forward. And he's and Hugh Freeze being an offensive guy, he knows he's got to revamp that offense as quick as possible. 
And so transitioning one last time before we wrap things up with you here, Cole, on this uh, Tuesday edition of the show, next few weeks, Robert, obviously the transfer portal is open, but you got to keep an eye, as we just said, with some of these high schoolers. So what is that balance like for Auburn over the next few weeks? I, I know that there are portal guys they want to get, but but how do they balance the next few weeks as far as getting involved with these portal guys at, at various positions and then still recruiting these elite high school guys that we've been talking about? Right. Well, we've talked to several coaches um, over the course of the spring, and Hugh Freeze himself. And the consensus is: Look, this this where we're having to get twelve to fifteen to twenty guys out of the transfer portal. That's not how we want to make a living here. That's not how we want to win. That's not how we want to build a roster. It's just where we're at right now. Basically, you know, he he says something along the lines of. High school recruiting is is where you build your program. And if you look at the top schools, they're not living out of the portal. They're getting the best high school class. And I think that's going to continue to be true. But in order to get to that point, you got to get your roster ready to compete immediately. And, uh, you know, if if whatever he says, and he's pretty genuine about things, Coach Freeze, but his actions are saying, look, we got to upgrade every position right now. Just the reality of the, uh, the roster and the shape it was in when he took over. So, uh, in the next few weeks, you can expect him to – you should see some more portal offers. I think there's still several guys that are going to enter the portal, um, maybe even some from Auburn. We don't know that, just guessing, just playing the law of averages. So uh, I think there's going to be some spots available, and I know that Coach Freeze and his staff really want to fill those. And you know They're going to keep chipping away at these top guys in the high school class and, and uh, not quit on those guys either. So it's going to be – you know it's never going to stop. It's 24-7 all the time with recruiting now. Talking to Cole Pinkston of Auburn Live on 3 Sports today on Sports Call and Cole. For you guys at Auburn Live, the next couple of weeks, what's in store? Uh, well, everything that I just mentioned with the recruiting and the transfer portal, we're going to be on top of that. Um, you know, you, you definitely want to subscribe to us because we talk about on the message board, we, you know, our subscribers there, the, the folks who pay for us and, and, and are part of our community, they get the intel first. and We, we try to Anytime somebody interesting gets the portal, we talk about it, talk about them being a former Auburn target or maybe what Auburn's chances are before we ever get public with those things. So you definitely want to join us. Uh, I think you can do seven days free trial. Check us out, and I promise you know if you do that, you're gonna you're gonna be in for life, man. You you, you can't uh, you can't find better Auburn coverage out there. He's Cole Pinkson of Auburn Live on 3 Sports. Cole, the time is always greatly appreciated. Hope things go well for you over these, uh, this busy period, and we look forward to talking to you again down the line. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. That is Cole Pinkson of Auburn Live on 3 Sports joining us today on Sports Call. Appreciate Cole uh, for taking some time out of his day. I know things can get quite busy with recruiting really all year long at this point uh, with Portal and uh, high school recruiting and even you work on one class, then you start working on another class, and you just it, it never stops. It never, at, at it never stops. No, uh, but but just a couple minutes left in this hour, so we'll keep it right here before we take our next time out. Uh, again, getting off air about four forty-five. Got Borgard High School uh, softball, excuse me, coming up in about an hour. Uh, but Tom, uh, what you just heard from Cole, look, kind of Auburn getting their hands in a couple of uh, big-time wide receivers in the area, yeah. uh, still trying to manipulate the portal. 
a little bit, got their eyes on a lot of guys there. Uh, it's it's just very busy right now, and th- and that's a good thing. But yeah. good, all, a lot of news is good news right now for how busy Auburn's trying to be. Yeah, uh, the one big takeaway that I kind of had is uh, he he didn't. It really didn't seem like he was too sure that Auburn may be going after a quarterback in the transfer portal. I mean, he, he, yeah, he mentioned the the guy from Oregon State, but he Nolan, just, yeah. you know, and but he, he just. I don't know. It didn't feel like it was a, oh, yeah, Auburn's absolutely going after guys in the transfer portal at quarterbacks. I don't know. Maybe, maybe what some of these guys are there every day are hearing that Auburn might be satisfied with what they have this year. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't seem to, it didn't seem like he was too certain about Auburn going after a quarterback in the transfer portal. But definitely getting some of these uh, guys in here. Uh, I, I love the takes on uh, on Auburn digging into Saban's area and, and bringing guys in here. You get a commit from a you, you get a commit from a former Alabama commit. You're getting an official visit from a guy that's committed to Bama. I know there's several other guys that Auburn's looking at that are already committed to Bama as well. So. That's pretty nice when you have a coaching staff that's willing to actually go over there and step on some toes across the state. Well, and, and let's be honest, it's a necessity. You know, I mean, yes, like, it is. Like that might have been taken for granted by the, the former staff, but like I know that it's very hard to recruit against Alabama and Georgia. You're Auburn. You have to do it. If you yeah. say you've got the expectations with Auburn does, which is to compete for championships, beat your arch rivals, your arch rivals are on top of the sport right now. The only way that you're going to start making those inroads is you start to get some of the players that they're been, they've been getting and, and, and recruit better than you have the last two or three years. That's the basis of how it starts. you got to have talent that's pretty comparable, at least close, and, and you've got to be willing to go in those homes of kids that are already committed because, as you just heard Cole, they said they don't even – don't look at it they see the word commitment does not right. does not phase cole and jeffrey lee over there until the ink is dry he said they're not it's not done and, and that's how you got to treat it and that's how these other big schools uh treat the kids that might be committed to auburn that they want or, or some other place i do think on the quarterback thing and on the portal look we've got to also remember we have talked on this show about we got it we, we got to think that someone else is coming the portal we got to think auburn's going to be looking at the portal but at the same time, there's got to be someone that's actually desirable out there. You True. know, at the same time, like we keep, we can't also just assume that someone that can just absolutely fix all your problems is going to be out there because this right. is still, even though this is another window, this is the second window. This is the latter part of the transfer portal cycle. It's not guaranteed there will be someone else that Auburn really, really likes in the portal that is going to come in and start from day one. Right. And yeah. if, if they're in the SEC, as we talked about yesterday, they're not necessarily going to be eligible in the fall. They might have to wait a year from a uh, SEC to SEC transfer. So as much as we realize that there is a, a need at the quarterback position, it doesn't promise you someone right. fills that need. might not be a reality. And so we are out of time for hour number one. We'll come back in hour number two. Still a lot to do. We'll talk to retired Ward AM Steve on the Auburn Bank phone line. We'll also have our birthdays in sports, a little more Auburn talk. And again, getting off air at 445. Stay tuned. More sports call after this. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. 
It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second and final hour of Sports Call starting right now. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm, and the Tiger Communications app. My name is Ryan LaVoy, and I've got Tom Peavy with me here today. Again, big thanks to Cole Pinkston of On3 for joining us, talking a little Auburn Recruiting, if you missed that, go back and check it out on the Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy an ice-cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Let's go right back to our Auburn Bank phone line to start hour number two. Again, getting off here at 445. Next up on the show, Ward Damn Steve. Retire Ward AMC joins us. Steve, how are you doing? Good, gentlemen, and I uh, really enjoyed uh, hearing the comments uh, from Mr. Cole Pinkston. Uh, Tom, good to know you're back on again. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, I want to see if I can possibly duplicate some of these, you know, people that do these car commercials. Don't talk real fast. And all the, 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 uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I can do it. I can't do it. All right. So, guys, there were some comments made by Cole Pinkston that uh, I take a different viewpoint from reading uh, comments by uh, Philip Marshall and from also from Jason Caldwell, the transfer portal. He believes that that's going to be a rarity. I heard him say that you know we need to do it right now. However, their uh, take, and I'm talking about Jason Caldwell and also Jason Clemente, but also Philip Marshall, is that this is going to be more like the norm, transfer portals, rather than waiting to develop people uh, out of high school. Your guys, uh, well, what are you hearing, guys? Do you agree with Cole Pinkson? I think in a perfect world, and this world is far from perfect, but I think the idea is to get high school talent, develop it, keep it, and have that be the main part of your program. I don't think that that has changed. Now, I think that you have more access to transfers and other players uh, from other schools, and you have the ability to save yourself if maybe you did not recruit well or if you lost a lot of players to transfer. I think you have the access and the ability to patchwork things in a much quicker and much fuller manner. But I think the primary way that you should be trying to build your program is through the top high school talent, which you hopefully stay in your program for three to five years. And Steve, I'm going to jump in. The the reason I agree with what Ryan says, if if you look at the top schools out there, if you look at what Alabama does, if you look at what Georgia does, you look what Ohio State does, do they use the transfer portal to their advantage? Of course they do. They they get some guys there, but they're good because they bring in that top high school talent, the the five stars, the guys that are your future first round draft picks and things like that. That's where they get their success, and and ultimately that's where your main success is going to come from. Uh, it, it's just like in the past with schools that used to rely so heavily on JUCO players. Yeah, I mean, you'd get some good ones and it was fine, but you still have to get those top high school players and, and build them. I mean, that is the future of your program. You can't just have these guys that pop in here for a couple of years and, and then that's it. Okay, well, you know, that's exactly what I wanted to ask you guys because 
I don't have those stats in front of me. You know, uh, the Alabamas, the Georgias, uh, maybe even Clemson as well, Ohio State, their top players, five-star quarterbacks. Um, I don't recall the top quarterbacks from Georgia recently being developed from high school. They were transfers from others. Did not? Well, no, I mean, in the case of Stetson Bennett, he was a walk-on and, and stayed in the Georgia program for a, a long time. Before him, what was it? Uh, not Jacob Eason. He did transfer. Jake Fromm uh, started at Georgia as early his freshman year and started there three years. I think you've seen a couple guys leave Georgia, like Justin Fields and Jacob Eason, and go on to be yeah. uh, stars at Ohio State and Washington, respectively. But uh, you look at Alabama, those guys have all been in-house guys from Bryce Young to Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, Jalen hurts before he transferred to oklahoma uh you know you've had a mix at other places uh, i think clemson's guys have really all been their own trevor lawrence right. deshaun watson uh, dj uyango lay so i, I really it, the, that quarterback position yes there's going to be some transfers absolutely but these top programs have been have typically won with their own developed guys because i know it's been a while i think at auburn that we've had actual starting quarterbacks that actually started as a true freshman uh, right. Uh, well, it would have been Bo Nix yeah, uh, a few years back, and he started for three years and then moved on. Okay. All right. Well, I hope uh, that uh, uh, the portal does not become the norm. But uh, speaking of what's going on in our recruiting, guys, this comes from a uh, blogger who has been pretty reliable and credible in his insights. Uh, I won't give you his blogger name, but he's been pretty reliable. I want to run these things by that he says he's gotten from sources close to the program. He says, I am left. Auburn will hit the portal for a quarterback. Even though all the commentators seem convinced the starting quarterback is not on campus yet. He says this, I've been told that Ashford has room to improve, but that the staff thinks he can absolutely be special in this offense. In other words, they're confident that Ashford can lead the team to a successful season. He's a threat. So that was one of the uh, comments he made. And then we don't, uh, we don't say this. Uh, I fully expect Robbie Asher to put his stamp on this program. And uh, we went on to say overall the coaches feel like there's much work to be done, but are quite pleased and a little more confident heading to summer workouts. Then he goes on to basketball inside uh, information. He says, I made a post earlier about it's time to buy AU basketball. And he says it's now... Uh, it is an hour now that he's officially visiting on Thursday. And he's talking about who? By a gentleman that I've read this. I said, I'd love to have this guy. Uh, I can't believe he's playing or has been playing at UAH. And you know what his name is, right? Uh, the UAH uh, potential transfer? I, yeah. d- I do not Kane know. Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Johnson. He's supposed to be coming yeah. in here for a visit pretty soon. Yeah, he's coming in for a visit this week. And this guy, I read the stats and said, wow, uh, I can't believe he's a UAH. Uh, he's averaged 15.9 points uh, the past season, uh, 75.9% free throw attempts. And this is what I love, a 37% shooter from three-point range. Yeah, he uh, pretty good percentage there. Yep. How did he escape from us? Uh, well, I mean, he is doing this at the, the D2 level. So, at, for one, if he is really good – if he is actually really good, then he escaped literally everyone at the Division One level. Yeah. And then two, it is possible and, and maybe even probable that he is not going to be that good 
uh, if he got to a school like Auburn. Now, he may. I'm not going to belittle him. I don't know. But that is a smaller level of basketball that is not going to see the same level of athletes that you'll see in the SEC or any power conference in Division One. So it, that is a pretty large jump. It's not impossible that he'll still be productive, but I would highly doubt that he would score 15, 16 points a game in the SEC. Okay, fair enough. Now, I look at his uh, height and size. Uh, weight guys, he's six foot seven and two hundred fifteen pounds. That's uh, that's pretty commendable. Yeah, I yeah. mean he's got some size, no doubt. And that apparently he would be playing with Jalen Williams, but apparently he's being targeted according uh, to the information I'm reading from uh, Christian Clemente. That uh, apparently uh, he's a get uh, from uh, the basketball uh, staffing yeah. uh, perspective. Well, uh, he's definitely ma- he's making a visit, and I mean if they, if he's making an official visit, I mean Auburn has reached out to him, and I mean there's contact there. Uh, you know, I don't know what Auburn's thoughts on him are. I mean, I'm sure they've watched film on him. They've watched him in person, and it, you know, if they like what they like out of him, then they'll 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 bring him on. And Chris Clemente just now was doing a Q and A on recruiting, and he says he has uh, really really uh, encouraging and high uh, uh, prospects for uh, Devin Cambridge to come back. Is that what you guys are hearing also? Uh, all signs that I've seen from all the crystal ball predictions have Devin Cambridge coming back to Auburn. And I'm good with it. I'm perfectly fine with that. Okay. Speaking of someone who decides to leave us, and I, this is a head scratch for me, well, why do you leave us for this team? I'm talking about Chance Wester. You know who he committed to? Yeah, Syracuse. 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 Wow. I mean, he was a highly recruited prospect, and that's who was going after him or, or not. I mean, guys, you know, you know, the teams were offering him, and he just chose Syracuse. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think Seton Hall, St. John's were in some of those Big East teams, interesting part of the country. But, I mean, what's wrong with Syracuse, Steve? Syracuse is a really historical basketball program. Well, uh, I don't see that they've been in the Final Four lately. I mean, they're not the Dukes. They're not the North Carolinas. They're not the Kansas. So, yeah, I mean, okay, but if Chance Westry was not really playing well at Auburn, and I know he was a top recruit. Why would the very, very top of college basketball be incredibly interested in him? Well, let's see. Walter Kessler, he didn't do that well uh, where he was at, but we got him, and look how he did. Look how he's doing in the NBA now is what I'm saying. Right, but North Carolina would be a, a higher historical program there, and uh, obviously he wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but also with Chance Westry, even though he got injured a little bit, uh, he did. Uh, he did not play well when he was out there. And again, Steve, I mean, don't forget that that Syracuse was in the Final Four actually back in 2016. They've been to uh, six Final Fours in their history. Uh, Syracuse basketball is a very historic basketball program. That is not some little program that Chance Westry transferred to. No, no, fair enough comments. And good, uh, I'm just saying recently they haven't been bringing it up. And I'm just saying that it seemed like to me that uh, it wasn't a uh, a jump to a higher-level status uh, uh, basketball program from where he left. Uh, do you guys see it differently, though? I I mean, okay, I, I know that Syracuse has not been Syracuse for the last few years, although they do have a Sweet 16 uh, in 2021. Bayheim was obviously uh, aging and not uh, performing as well down, down the end of his career there. But, again, if you ask someone who the bigger college basketball program is, they're going to say Syracuse over Auburn. And – uh, I, I think that 
I, I, I understand that Westry was a, a big time recruit, and that's what's going to that's what Syracuse is banking on because he was a, a very highly talented recruit originally. But ultimately, things did not go well at Auburn. If they had, we'd be having a, a different conversation. He probably would not be transferring from Auburn. So, uh, I, I it the fits weird just because that's a completely different part of the country, completely different conference, and that sort of thing. But Syracuse is, again, a very prestigious basketball program, whether the last three or four years have been great for them or not. that Again, that, that doesn't change the fact that they do have a national championship, that they have been the several Final Fours, and that they are a very well-respected basketball program. Okay, fair enough, uh, Ryan. Uh, moving on just real quickly, uh, tonight's game. Uh, I, I wish they could just cancel midweek games because it seems like they're burning up uh, uh, some of our pitchers and they're not available for the – more meaningful, more critical games. You guys, uh, I know they can't cancel, but uh, are these games really that relevant? Uh, they become relevant if you lose them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, I'm talking about making the NCAA tournament. I mean, most of them are not going to help your RPI and that sort of thing. That is true, but they, they ultimately need some wins, and uh, I still think that you can garner good habits if you play good baseball in the midweek. I'm not going to say that Sanford and teams like that are essential to Auburn making the tournament, but uh, everyone needs some wins uh, to try and bolster a resume and just, just to put them on there. So, uh, what if we lose to them? Well, then you're not a good enough team anyway if you keep, if you keep yeah. losing in the midweek to teams like Sanford. Then it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Okay, so... Like Auburn, uh, Auburn needs to prove that they they can win some against some less, lesser competition, and again, just get back in the win column. As Tom said yesterday, they're three and eight in their last eleven. They 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 got to get some positive momentum somehow, and constantly banging your head against tough SEC teams not uh, is not is not always the way to do it. All right, fair enough. I'm just like uh, I hate to see you know our our pitchers you know they're already uh, banged up and not performing that well, uh, and then maybe. Uh, even some of our better pitches and get somehow uh, an injury. I mean, we we've been saved with injuries lately on our baseball team. And then, uh, what are we left with with the critical SEC games uh, for the weekend? That's what my concern is. Well, it, but Steve, it, unless there's a starting pitcher, uh, whoever that may be for Auburn tonight, unless he throws five or six innings, no one that pitches tonight will become unavailable for the weekend series. Right. They have two days off before the first game. Again, if you throw 70 or 80 pitches, sure, you'll be unavailable at least for the beginning of the series. But most of these guys that are going to throw are going to throw one to two, three innings. They are not going to be uh, unavailable for the weekend. That's that's not baseball there. It's only if it was a starter that went deep into the game. So e- e- even these guys that throw tonight, even if someone like Will Cannon throws tonight, he's going to be available over the weekend to throw. And so it's it's it, again, there might be one guy, the starter that you use up, but th- this is not a problem for uh, for other teams there. So th- this is not something that's just only for Auburn. They they all have midweek games and. Uh, they all try and use some of the lesser arms or at least don't throw their, their great arms uh, much. So just because someone might pitch tonight does not make them unavailable for the weekend. Okay, thanks for educating on that. Real quickly, uh, when can we expect uh, for the Thunder Chicken season to, to begin? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, June, I think, Tom, is when we usually June, start. Yeah. I think we'll probably be signing up in the next few weeks. 
and we still have every intention of playing. We probably need to sign a couple new players in the portal. <laughs> but uh, okay, we, I was going to say, has anybody leaving your team and going to the portal? Not that I'm aware of. Not, I don't. I think we're, we're going to have about everyone back. I'm, I'm trying to get. I'm trying to convince Brock to come back in. Well, he's been injured, and if he doesn't want to come back, well, yeah, uh, that it, one's fair. I mean, I, I brought us. I brought us a ringer from the fire department that uh, hit a home run in his first at bat in a, in a practice, but then in his very first game, in the top of the first inning, he made the first out of the game and then proceeded to blow his ACL. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Is he still going to be playing? He, we'll he said he's interested, so I'm going to try to get him out. All right. That's it, guys. Thanks for your time, and thanks for educating me about some things I had questions about. So with that, my time is up. We'll talk to you guys uh, tomorrow. And, uh, gee, I hope uh, whoever pitches tonight can uh, uh, show that we can uh, actually uh, pitch without hitting uh, batters. Yes, sir. No more All right, walks. Guys. Yep. Talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Until then, War Eagle. War Eagle. That is retired Ward AM Steve joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Appreciate him for joining the show today. As we go to break, we do want to give you an opportunity to win some Auburn baseball tickets. They are free. We have four tickets to the Auburn and Mississippi State game Friday night in Plainsman Park, 6 o'clock first pitch. You call right now, 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free. One triple eight nine Tiger Nine. You can win four tickets to Auburn, Mississippi State inside of Plainsman Park Friday night. Again, three three four eight eight seven three four zero one. One final time out of sports call. We'll have a long segment to start to wrap things up right after this as you listen to the Tuesday edition of Sports Call. want to call into the show send us your thoughts via email you've got mail sports call at the tiger.fm i'm trevon reed former Auburn tiger football player national champion you're listening to sports call on tiger 95.9 9, Ryan Lavoie, Tom Peavy with you here. It's another beautiful day, Tom. It's a little warmer than yesterday. A little warmer. Starting to, Pushing start, that comfort area. Exactly. Please. Starting to push that comfort level. It's still comfortable, but it's. when I walked outside today, I thought I actually thought about that. It literally went through my head as we were talking about how comfortable yesterday was. I'm like, we're, we're kind of pushing that uncomfortable heat right now. I think low 80s today, but you know, yeah. the heat indexes get up there. Oh, yeah. My dark interior vehicle gets five degrees warmer than it always is so it was telling me it was upper 80s but eh. my pasty white skin gets burnier than it is <laughs> so uh it will be mid to upper 80s later in the week though yeah. so starting to get a whiff of summer yay late in april time to here. bust out the spf 50 yeah uh, i can't <laughs> confirm going to the beach in may at some point and 
sunscreen will be required. I'm going to the beach in July. Well, how about that? We just need someone else on our staff to go in June. We'll there start we to have the summer months covered there. All right, just a few minutes left in the show. Again, getting off air in about 15, 20 minutes or so. Borgard High School softball. Tim Sin, Brooks Childers will be down in Tallahassee uh, as Borgard softball takes on the Tallahassee Tigers. So we've yet to do birthdays and sports. Let's get to that right now. It's time for today's birthdays and sports. Birthdays in Sports is presented by Max Credit Union with two convenient locations to serve you, one location on Gay Street and Auburn, the other on Frederick Road in Opelika. The Max Credit Union helps you with all of your banking needs. This is a long list, I will seven? not lie. There are seven. Yeah. We will go through them now. Here we go. Nay Archibald turned 75. Point guard and second round pick in the 1970 NBA draft for the Cincinnati Royals, later the Kansas City Kings, out of UTEP. Also played for the, the Miners. There you go. Also played for the New York Nets. I didn't give you time there. That's on me. It's Austin Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks. 1971st team all whack and number 14 jersey retired by UTEP. 1981 NBA champion and six-time All-Star. Three times on the All NBA first team, twice on the All se- All NBA second team, and was the 1973 scoring champion and assist leaders. NBA 50th and 75th anniversary teams. His number one is retired by the Sacramento Kings and is in the College Basketball Hall of Fame and Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. Nate Archibald turns 75 today. Wilbur Marshall turns 61 outside linebacker, 11th overall pick in the 1984 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears out of Florida. Go Gators. Also playing for the Redskins, Houston Oilers, Arizona Cardinals, and New York Football Jets. Marshall's a two-time consensus All-American at Florida, two-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Pro Bowler, 100 greatest Bears of all time. That your franchise is so old, you need the 100 greatest Bears of all time. I don't know if I can name you 100 great Buccaneers of all time. I'm just saying. 80 greatest Redskins, 2007 Florida Football Ring of Honor, uh, University of Florida Athletic Hall of Fame, and 2008 College Football Hall of Fame inductee over Marshall turns 61 today. Derek Brooks, speaking of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, turns 50 today. Outside linebacker, 28th overall pick in the 1995 NFL Draft to the Buccaneers out of Florida State. Go Knowles. Played an entire 14-year career with Tampa at FSU. Brooks was a two-time consensus All-American and 1993 national champion, 1993 ACC Defensive Player of the Year, 1994 Jack Lambert Trophy winner, his number 10 jersey honored and number uh, in 2016 College Football Hall of Fame inductee in the NFL, Super Bowl champion, 11-time Pro Bowler, 1995 All-Rookie Team, 2000 Walter Payton Man of the Year, 2002 NFL Defensive Player of the Year, 2004 Bart Star Award winner, NFL 2000s All-Decade Team, NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ring of Honor, and his number 55 is retired by the Bucs. 2014 Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee Derek Brooks turns the big 5-0 today. Miguel Cabrera turns the big 4-0, current MLB designated hitter, signed by the Florida Marlins in 1999 as a free agent out of Venezuela. Sorry, Tom. Go to Venezuela. (laughs) (laughs) Made Marlins debut in 2003. He's played for the Tigers since 2008. 12-time All-Star, 2003 World Series champion with the Marlins. Two-time American League Most Valuable Player, 2012 AL Triple Crown Award, uh, not award winner, triple, triple crown holder, I guess I should say, and that is very impressive. Seven-time Silver Slugger, two-time Hank Aaron Award winner, four-time batting champ, and two-time home run leader and RBI leader. 3,000 hit club, 500 home runs. This will be his swan song season. Actually had a walk-off base hit the other night, the great Miguel Cabrera. Destined for the Hall of Fame, if people know what they're voting for. Turn 40 today. Three more for you. Now some Auburn birthdays. Nick Mardner turns 22, wide receiver at Auburn. 
Marner was say War Eagle, the Tiger. War Eagle. Yeah, there you go. I was saying what else we were saying about uh, it. Marner was born in Ontario, Canada, played college football for three years at Hawaii. In his junior year, Marner was a the Warriors. Uh, was a Blitnikoff <laughs> Award finalist when he then transferred to Cincinnati, then to Auburn. This year, Nick Marner turns 22. We've talked about this guy a lot on the show so far this spring. Mosiah Nasili Kiete turns 21. Defensive lineman at Auburn University. Tigers. Nasili Kiete was born in California, played college football at Maryland. After go chirps <laughs> after after, <laughs> after a year in JUCO, he was an honorable mention All Big Ten selection in 2022. Joined Auburn this past fall, or I guess this past winter. Mosiah Nasili Kiente turns 21 today, and another one for you, Bradford T. Law hey. turns 41 today. Or Eagle. Director of Broadcast Operations for the Auburn Sports Network. Long graduated from Auburn in 2008. Is currently in charge of several broadcast operations, appearing frequently on the call of Auburn Sports. You have heard him doing basketball. You've heard him on football broadcasts before. You hear him partner with Andy Burcham for baseball frequently. He does it all. And the great Brad Law turns 41 today. And those are the birthdays in sports presented by the great... Max Credit Union again. Brad Law, 41. Mazzai Nasili Kiente, 21. Nick Marner, 22. Miguel Cabrera, 40. Derek Brooks, 50. Wilbur Marshall, 61. And Nate Archibald, 75. Wow, there was a lot of birthdays yeah. today. Uh, I think that covered everyone. If you're having a ha- birthday out there, happy birthday to you. All right, just a few minutes left in the show. We've talked a lot of Auburn portal here, football and basketball-wise. I have not seen any more breaking news in the last hour. I haven't either. Almost a minor upset at this point, this time of the year. So with our last few minutes left, let's mix it up just a little bit, Tom. Let's talk about those Atlanta Braves. Of course, we are the proud uh, Braves Radio Network affiliate partner here in East Alabama on 1230 WAUD. You hear the Braves uh, morning updates across our family of stations. Braves are playing tremendous baseball uh, after beating the Pods last night 2-0. to zero. Braves are now up to a very robust 13-4 and four on the season. Three of those four losses to the Padres earlier at Truist Park, not to be confused with any other stadiums formerly played in by the Atlanta <laughs> Braves. But, Tom, 13-4, and four, and look, it's a daily tweet fest. Like, people getting mad at Marcel Zuna for hitting 090. People, you know, wanting him off the team. Injuries. Michael Harris has been hurt. Darno's been hurt. Freed just came off the injured list. Right. Rossell Iglesias, the projected closer, hasn't pitched an inning yet. Uh, Colin McHugh got hurt. That's a lot of injuries. And I know the Braves haven't played – maybe any of the favorites other than the Padres. I mean, the Padres were supposed to be really good. They're off to a little bit of a slow start. Let's not judge them off of 18 games, but uh, they've not played the stiffest of competition, but yet 13-4 and four against just about anyone is going to be yeah. impressive, and, and this has been a very fun first three weeks. Yeah, it has. And I mean, the fact that they've been able to overcome those injuries and, and not completely fall apart here early in the season is very impressive. And so um, it was great to get Freed back, and he looked good. And so, uh, very happy to have him. Uh, and then tonight, the Braves are going to go uh, with the old mustachioed himself, Spencer Strider. Uh, if you look on Twitter, Atlanta Braves, they have their typical Twitter logo with the eight, and it has a mu- the little curly mustache in honor of Strider. So, um, 
Braves going, uh, obviously, with Acuna. A little bit of a scary one last night. We fouled a ball off of his leg and was hopping around. We're like, oh, no, please don't let that happen. Yeah, he's and almost 400. He's yeah. been great. Oh, I, absolutely. Uh, and stealing bases just left and right. But he fouls one off his leg. Yeah, he's got the padding there, but you were just hoping it didn't miss the padding. But when you saw him foul it off his leg and he's hopping around, you're like, oh, gosh. And like, really? Again? <laughs> but he was fine. Um uh, Matt Olson at first, Austin Riley third, Sean Murphy uh, is going to be catching Albies, Grissom, uh, Kevin Pillar, Ozuna still in the designated hitting role. Sorry, Braves fans, but Ozuna still. He actually had two doubles though last night. I think one double and a fly uh, out to the du- track. Yeah, I thought he had two hits last night. No, he did not. He was one for four. He okay. did ha- again. He did fly out, fly out to the warning track. Okay, uh, on one of those outs. But yeah, just one for four. Okay. Well, at least he got a hit. That brought the average up, believe it or not. Sure. You know, so. uh, and Eli White in center field tonight, and then, like I said, Strider getting the start on the bump. But, uh, yeah, man, Braves Braves are playing good. and uh, I, You know, it's it's been weird. It's kind of been like a quiet good uh, because, I mean, they just have had so many injuries. And, again, they also have not played, like you said, they haven't really played the favorites. I mean, they, they've swept the Reds. They swept the Royals. Yeah. I mean, those are two clubs that are not going to be very good. Uh, Got to do better here against the Padres. You won the first one against the Padres in Atlanta. And now have done that in San Diego. And, and now you've done it in San Diego, but they need to finish it off. And, uh, you know, it's a good thing that you got Strider on the hill tonight. Since you got that first win, I mean, you really feel confident anytime Strider's out there. And so, uh, yeah, man, Braves just just keep getting it done, and uh, hopefully they can just keep rolling with it and not have one of those uh, spiral out of control type things that we've seen so many teams like start out so red hot. Yeah, and there's going to be a slump that yeah. happens. Uh, it happens for every 162 team. Sixty two of them. Yeah, sure. There's going to be a slump somewhere along the way, and you just have to understand that that's part of baseball. You just hope the slump doesn't come late in the year, like it happened with the uh, New York Mets last year. Uh, where the Braves overtook them. But um, that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Mets led for I was trying to remember. 90% of the season. Yeah, I was, I was like, I, am I getting – am I thinking about two years ago? But no, it was last year where the Mets just kind of had a meltdown there at the end of the year. So, um, yeah, hopefully they just keep going and get some of these guys healthy back in the lineup, you know, eventually get rid of Ozuna and find somebody better. <laughs> I, I think it is – it's, it's not funny, but – I mean, when you're in your own home stadium, you strike out and you start getting booed. And it's like, and the Braves fans love everybody on the lineup, but they just despise Ozuna. Right. And it's, it's because of the uh, off field stuff. Well, the off the field stuff, but then you compound that with the just really bad play along with it. And I, yeah, he is, for as popular as Freddie Freeman and Dansby Swanson were, and. Uh, you know the Braves saw them go away, and there's just so just sadness about that. But then also the way fans love Acuna, and the way they fan, the fans love um, Albies and some of these other guys. They they really do not like Marcelo Zuna. So I, I, I if he keeps playing at a bad level, I have to think his days might be numbered at least as a starter. Oh yeah, no, I I think that Ozuna right now is benefiting from. Two things: one, an injury to Michael Harris, and then right. two, that the other guys are not hitting. Oh, they're out not there doing either. much. Yeah, uh, not, yeah. You know, Eli White, who's hitting behind him tonight, is someone they called up when Michael Harris got injured. Eli White's off to a, a 100 start. Right. Eddie Rosario is only hitting 200 even, uh, and then uh, I guess Kevin Pillar's hitting, I think, low 200, something like that, right now. Right. Uh, so 
he's got a benefit of those other guys are kind of struggling right now too. And of all those guys, Azuna's ceiling is still the highest. Now at this age, I think he's up to age 33 or something like that. You start to wonder if he's just never going to get it again. Right. I mean, and that's entirely possible. Some guys do trail off in their early thirties as opposed to mid to late thirties. But you know, this start it's as bad as it's been from Azuna. It's not like this is a, a stretch that people that are good can't go through. And I was looking at the the stat the other day, and I, I wish I had saved it, so I can't remember the particulars. But it was something like Marcelo Zuna had started. You know, he is now four of forty three on the season, four forty two, something like that. And Eddie Rosario to start last year was the in the exact same boat. He was four of his first, I want to say forty six or four of his first forty four. And essentially, they've done had the exact same awful start essentially. And it's always so unfortunate when that stretch starts a season because that's all you look at. You just look at this absurdly low number. But what you don't realize is that the majority of players in the league will go on a 30 or 40 at-bat streak where they hit around 100. And it happens to almost everybody. I, Freddie Freeman's done it before, and he hits 300 almost every year. Oh. The unfortunate thing is it's at the start of the year. Now, that being said, we know that Ozuna struggled from a batting average perspective last year. He did have good power numbers when he was in there, but uh, from an average perspective, was not there. was not good the year before. And so this is a clear trend for him. Right. And he's only got, I think, probably another handful of starts. And if he does not get going in the next four or five starts, I think that's going to be it. And I, I don't even know if they will have him on the bench or not. It, it will depend on if someone like Eli White or, or Kevin Pillar, Sam Hilliard, I've forgotten him. Sam Hilliard has it pretty well. He's a lefty, though. They don't love playing him against lefties. He has had a good start. But if those guys, if they start hitting – then Ozuna will not last on the roster. Yeah. They'll just flat out release him. Well, now the Braves made a move a couple hours ago that could potentially give him uh, a challenge there, and uh, that was uh, Braves claimed uh, outfitter Nick Solak off of waivers from the Chicago White Sox. Sent him to AAA. Yeah. Sent him to AAA to start out, but just from what I was reading about him, is they're kind of the Braves, Anthopolis, and the Braves are kind of thinking that if Solak can. Show the good show the good bats there in Gwinnett that they might be able to bring him up and take into that DH role. Right. Uh, well, I mean, they're going to exhaust options, but again, that's not even just because of Azuna. Because, like I just said, you know, you you have a multitude of guys that are not hitting the way you right. want them to there. And even despite all this, still thirteen and four. That that's that's the great thing and that also is a testament to how great Austin Riley, Ronald Acuna Jr., Matt Olson and, and even Sean Murphy have been that they have carried a lineup that's not really getting anything out of the bottom 3 spots. Also the bullpen has been good early this year too. So fortunately, this is coming at a time where the Braves are surviving it. They're playing a weaker part of their schedule and and they're getting around it. But at some point, obviously, you cannot have a starting outfielder or DH hit 100. So Azuna's got, I think, a few more starts. There have been signs that he is not as far off as his average would suggest because he, like I said, he had the rope double to left. He did fly out to the track. He's flown out to the track a few times this year. Hit a couple home runs in his four hits. I think three of his four hits are for extra bases. It, it's it's frustrating because I know it's in there somewhere, and it was here, and it was in there for him 
four years ago, three years ago in Atlanta in 2020 when he was just incredible for the 60-game the season. But uh, he is down – I mean – He's I, it, he's down to his last few chances. Yeah. He, he's got to figure it out now or never for him. And by the way, if he gets caught, I, I, there might be someone take a flyer on him. But with with the off the field stuff mixed in with the poor play as and age and the, getting older, I don't know, man. Uh, it might it, be, might it, be it. He might yeah. be fighting for his big league life. So I I'm not one to boo my own players. I won't do it. Right. Uh, that's for other people. A lot, of, a lot of Atlanta fans are, though. Right, they are, <laughs> and, and they're entitled to do that. But I'm still rooting for him and anyone else that steps the plate for wearing a Braves uniform. But uh, he is he is running low on time. Just to, We are running low on time, for that matter. One or two minutes left in the show. Time for a nightly TV guide to get out of here. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. Sports Calls Nightly TV Guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. All right, 5 o'clock, you've got some college baseball, number 12, Louisville at Indiana, 5 o'clock on ESPNU. We've got college baseball at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network, Auburn hosting Sanford, 840 on Valley Sports Southeast, the Atlanta Braves and San Diego Padres, again from Petco Park in San Diego. PBA Bowling again because Brooks uh, does not like basketball. 6 o'clock on FS1. And then Jurassic Park 2 at 526 on Sci-Fi. I am going to go ahead and give you the NBA and NHL spots tonight because someone won't do that for us. So 6 o'clock on NBA TV, the Atlanta Hawks at the Boston Celtics. Game 2, Celtics won game 1 pretty easily. See if the Hawks can make it a close one tonight. 6.30 on TNT, kind of a must win for the homestanding Cavs as they drop game one at home to the Knicks. So that's 6.30 on TNT. And 9 o'clock on TNT, another surprise road victory in game one, this time by the Los Angeles Clippers over the Phoenix Suns. Game two is tonight. Phoenix is favored pretty heavily there. That's kind of a must win for them too. Right. They can't drop. You can lose the first two on, your, on the road. It obviously makes it difficult, but you can – you drop your first two both at home. Uh, that's a that's a outside looking in at, at that point. And then NHL Stanley Cup playoffs night number two, uh, game one Toronto Maple Leafs Tampa Bay Lightning six thirty on ESPN six o'clock on TBS the New York Rangers New Jersey Devils that should be a fiercely competitive series. ESPN two at eight thirty Winnipeg Jets versus the Las Vegas Golden Knights at nine o'clock first ever playoff appearance for the Seattle Kraken. Got to play the reigning Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche again, 9 o'clock on ESPN. And that is Sports Call's nightly TV guide presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. And that will do it for the show today. Tom, second day in a row for just you and me. Yeah, I man. think we'll be joined by Cam Berry tomorrow, but appreciate you being here, sir. We'll Absolutely. see you tomorrow. Absolutely. The dynamic duo do it again. Yes, sir. As, as Wardam Steve That's said. Right. Uh, we also appreciate Cole Pinkston of On3 uh, for joining us today uh, and talking all things recruiting. Uh, certainly appreciate Cole for doing that. And, of course, we always appreciate all those that tune in and call in. For Tom Peavy, my name is Ryan LaVoy. Have a great Tuesday night. Again, Borgar High School softball coming up, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.